So how important is, well, first, so you said you were always good at selling. Was there a technical thing that you started doing to improve yourself? Uh, you know, it, again, I think I, I did I did have a spell working um, in a clothes shop mm -hmm. next years ago. I think 19, 1980. Wow. Was it 1980? No, 1986. I was 16 years wow. old, just left school. And uh, yeah, just sales. Uh, but, you know, nothing taught me more about sales than running my little car wash, mm. upgrading people, mm. getting a customer to come in. They want to spend £5, but I get £10 off of them. So what did you learn? If there was a hack that you had to say, like, what, what, what did you learn that says, OK, if I do this, I'm most likely going to get a sale. And this transfers not just, not just you, in cars. It's but... confidence. It's being upbeat. It's being upbeat and it's like me today. It's, it's the confidence when you walk into a client and you walk up and you, they, they, they're listening to what you've got to say. They want a professional person to deliver something which they can sort of trust and you can, you can deliver a perfect job. So, you know, it's all about the information, mm. confidence. Okay. And then so, but before the sale, there's branding and marketing. Branding. So. It's branding. It's, you know, if you watch Gary Vee, it's jab, 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 jab. And you never take. You wait for them to, to ask. I actually really do want to jump into actually what you do. So can you just name some of the services uh, that you provide here at Noo? So at Noo, we provide a complete turnkey solution for all design and construction packages. So basically... Um, a client may want interior design, so we do uh, anything to do with you know layouts, uh, uh, fabrics, flooring, anything to do with interior design. Uh, and then we've got architecture. So if a property needs uh, plans to create a basement, loft conversion, mansard, or it could be a new build, we take care of the architecture. And then we've got the project management. So we will have an individual person take care of your project, making sure it goes from A to Z very, very smoothly. And then working with the project management team, you would have a quantity to, quantities of ours, and they would make sure everything works and, and, and works correctly with the numbers. And then obviously we've got the construction, the construction packages. So we do shell and core packages for the basements. Uh, the side returns, the loft conversions, the new builds, and we do the, the, the high-end refurbishments uh, in the properties in sort of Chelsea, Mayfair, Knightsbridge, Belgravia. So what I'm very interested in is the whole process. So say someone comes to you, they say, listen, I want to do, I want to, you know, increase the value of my property. That's my goal. So to increase value to a property in West London or prime areas of London, it's quite easy because everything is based on pound per square foot. So every pound, every square footage you add, there's a value to that. So for instance, in Fulham today, pound per square foot is a thousand pounds a square foot. Okay. All right. So if your flat is 1000 square feet, it's going to be worth 1 million pounds. Mm -hmm. If it's a ground floor flat, and I, then I create a basement under the footprint of your flat, that's 2,000 square feet. So that is two million quid. Mm. The uh, bill cost is gonna be roughly 500,000 quid. Mm. 
So 500,000 pounds, but to create 500,000 quid's worth of value mm. extra. Mm. So it's not rocket science, and is the, it? And it's an investment because obviously, the, well, let's say the, the price of the property will you know, increase over, over time. Over time, yeah. yeah All right, so, and so what I'm really interested in your clients are leaving, so if you want to give them a... That's all right. Okay, fantastic. So you have some clients leaving. Uh, so what I want to know is the process. All right, so once you get the brief, what's one of the first things you do? Do you jump right into the sketches or the inspiration or...? So when the client comes in, um, we would have an initial conversation and what a client really wants to know straight away is a ballpark number. Okay. Because if you come to me and you say, Nick, I want a basement and full refurbishment on my house, um, and, but you haven't got any plans, you haven't got any drawings, you haven't got anything, all we've got is just is the, is the, is the estate agent's floor plans. So we have got to really give you a, a general ballpark on the bill costs. So we may say, well, it, it could cost roughly out of you know because we've done so many we know roughly how much these are going to cost mm. so ballpark figure may cost five hundred thousand quid mm. so on the basis of our first estimate our ballpark estimate you say yeah we that's probably in our sort of price range then we would probably take it to a next level where we would say to them we need to get a uh, an architect on board to draw up a scope of works mm. so that's an a to z on what they want mm. Because until you've got that, we can't price it up correctly. Okay. It's called guessing. Okay. And that's why builders have got a bad reputation. So, for instance, when we go to that, uh, that initial pricing, the ballpark number, you may go to me, you may go to Bill, and you may go to Ted. Mm. Well, with no scope of works, guess what? Bill and Ted and me, we're just guessing. Yeah. So when we give your estimate back, I may come in at 500, he may come in at 400 and he may come in at 700 because we're all guessing. Oh. We don't know really what you want. Okay. So until you get this scope of works written down, the A to Z on what you want doing, what everything, then we can get a quantity of our on board to price up correctly. So obviously you want to do that as quickly as possible to beat your competitors. Exactly. But you, you don't, you, what the ballpark, once they agree the ballpark, they decide to go with you. Then when you need to get an architect on board to do the scope of works, the client will, or they, we would have probably already had some kind of fee off of them to take it okay. to the next level. Okay. Because that's, for us to do the scope of works costs money and time and effort. Oh, okay. So we don't really want to waste any time and effort if they're going to go with someone else. Mm. So we've given them the ballpark. They understand the costs. We're now working on a detailed scope of works, which then we then price up. That goes back to the client. They agree. We then go. Then we then we say right. Um, let's let's go to a proper contract, which is a JCT contract. We sign contracts. We um, set a start date, and then we take a deposit, and they move forward that way. And so, what are some of the key projects that you that you've done, or some projects that you're like really proud of? So uh, we've done many projects over the last seven years. Uh, we've done a beautiful terraced house in Chelsea uh, uh, called Tight Street and uh, amazing property. Uh, I think the client brought it for 5.5 million pounds 
uh, we got planning to create a 1,500 square foot basement, mm -hmm. huge basement, and full refurb. Beautiful, very, very high end. Uh, in Chelsea, the pound per square foot, I think back then, was 2,500 square feet. So every square foot, 2,500, 2,600 square foot. So we created 1,200 square foot a basement or plus. And so that was a great deal. So it took a year and a half to, to build. Uh, the build cost in the end was two million quid, I think. Wow. But she sold it for 8.5. Wow. So bought it for, bought it for 5.5. Spent two million on, on it and sold it for eight point five. So, what does it take to make sure you know a project like that is going? You know, is, is for a year and a half. How do you ensure that it's being being ran successful throughout the whole process? Well, you have project managers, okay. and obviously my team watch it very, very closely. You know, from the first initial person they meet, that person stays with them to the end. Mm. You know, so the project management team show the client loads the love. Everyone's, you know, everyone cares. Um, you know, the most important thing is any variations in construction. Things always go the wrong way because mm. there's a million things can go wrong. Mm. So it's always we have to spot these before they happen. And once once they're spotted, we have a conversation with the client to say there's been a problem in the ground, we've discovered a load of concrete or steels, or there's an issue with the structural drawings. Um, long as we're open, honest, and we deal with it straight away, okay. we, can, we can stop the problems. Okay. But um, that's what we're good at. We're good at um, making sure the clients are protected and their journey with new projects is absolutely perfect. All right, so one of the things I'm interested in is that you previously mentioned that you know, when clients, when potential clients come to you, you provide a ballpark number. Yeah. You know, so you said they might go to like three, four different people. Different people. So why should people come to you? Why should people come to new projects? So new projects is a brand which has been around in Fulham for seven years now, and um, just where our, our office is in here, we get an awful lot of people driving by, seeing the office, mm. on the way into maybe Chelsea, Belgravia, Knightsbridge, so mm. on. So this is a quite a busy road. Great location. Great location. And uh, we have got projects on the go all over the place. So mm. people see our black hoardings, our big blue NUs, mm. all over the place. So it's quite well known. And it is a, you know, we're, 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 a, we're a trusted brand where people can walk into our office and if there's a, if there's a problem or they want to discuss anything, they can just walk in and we can have a coffee and discuss it. Uh, and our competition doesn't offer this kind of service. You know, we are a premium brand. We show a lot of empathy and care. Uh, we believe in uh, honesty and being open with our, with our clients and just delivering a truly first-class service. Um, you know, if someone's going to come to us looking for a really quick, cheap job, we're not for those sort of people because we, we, you can't get that level um, 
for a premium service. Mm. You know, we, we, you know, we truly are um, heads and shoulders above our competitors mm. in West London. Wow, so that's, you provide that openness. You as a CEO, you're very open, yeah. you know, and you provide that to your customers or clients and just people in general, you're very, very open-minded. Is there something particular or unique about London interior I think the London interior designers, there's quite a few really famous London interior designers uh, who are well known all over the, all over the globe. And, um, you know, yes, um, I think interior design has always been for the wealthy, okay. um, but now it's become more affordable. Okay. Um, and the, you know, I follow lots of luxury real estate brands in America and their interiors are great, you know, perfect, you know, because obviously in America, real estate is huge. You know, here oh. you get a small little terrace house yeah, yeah. for 2 million quid, okay, but yeah. in America, 2 million quid can get you a massive yeah. detached. They don't, they use different construction methods in America. It's usually timber framed here. It's, it's, it's bricks, you know, so it's different materials. You know, obviously when you go into New York, yeah, it's a bit like London, but if you go out, it's all mainly timber frame construction. Um, but yeah, you know, I think everywhere around the world, um, the, the, it's heavily, you know, the interiors are sort of catching up and the design, you know, I know an interior designer's just come back from China. She's doing a hotel in China. Um, it's global, it's huge. So I just wanna ask you a last final couple of questions before we leave. Um, first off, Urgency or patience? Well, I've got to, I'm learning more patience. Mm. It always used to be urgency. Mm. But I think, listen to Gary V, our mate Gary V, mm. I think patience is very, very crucial. Especially when you're younger. Mm. You know, if I was more patient when I was younger. Would you be here today if you were more patient? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have had more, as many trials and tribulations, but I don't know. But I think patience, having, you know, when young entrepreneurs want everything now, 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 finance for watches, cars, and bling, it's a, it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. Here's a, how, how I look at it. I'm a very urgent person. Yeah. Like, hey, um, so when I, when I saw you, okay, boom, hello, my name is, call you, boom, I'm very urgent with my action. I think in micro, mic, micro urgency, yeah, so if, you, if there's a meeting, let's yeah. get it done. Yeah. Uh, but on your big turn goals, patience. Exactly, I, I think that's how I look at it. Ur I'm urgent with my actions. I'm patient with the outcome. I'm a, if, I have an, if I have an idea, if me and you have an idea now and it's a launch a company, within the next half hour, yeah. I've bought the domain name, I've got the website up and running and I've, I'm already moving forward. Yeah, exactly. I think um, when you wait, when you hesitate, you know, that's not, that's not really a good thing. So I'm very urgent. Obviously, you know, we, we bump our heads, yeah. you know, but at the same time, there's greatness that comes out of the Test, you've got to test everything. Test oh. and measure everything. Try as many things as possible. And if someone is not, this is a pretty tricky question. If someone couldn't see, right, and they couldn't hear you, how would you describe yourself? How would they couldn't see? They couldn't see, and they couldn't hear. And they couldn't hear. I would be described as like a, a, a kind guy. He's been so, through. So, but how would you describe that? How would how would you be able to? describe you like obviously they what can't physically see. yeah they, they can't see so you can't show them anything and they can't hear it so you can't tell well them i would say um you can't say because they can't hear 
I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard question, isn't so it? Like what I, I'll give you an example. So if I, if I, someone couldn't see and they couldn't hear, yeah. what I do is I put a nice suit on them. If that's how, that's how I would describe myself. A really nice suit. Yeah. Right. So it's a sensory question. Yeah. They need, they need to feel you. How can someone feel? So they got to feel. Yeah, it's a sensory question. Oh right. I, I would say, if they, if they had the touch, I think they would have to. Um, just maybe feel my bald head. <laughs> I think if they okay. felt my, if they if they put their hands over my head and my nose, I've got I've quite a big nose and prominent characters and uh, my stubble, a bit a bit scruffy today. Right. But um. and then one question I want to ask is like, it's it's another like really trippy question, but like, if you were a property, like if you were a property, right, which part would you like to re renovate, yeah, and which part would you like to extend? So renovate. If I was a property, if I was a property, I'll, I would have to. I would always do the basement. Okay. No, I mean, so like, so within yourself, like, what what's something that you think you know? Oh, myself. Maybe, maybe you can improve on, or maybe you know, right. like, fix okay. a little bit better. So uh, if I if I could improve myself, like I was a property, I would probably. Um, more patience. More patience. Yeah, more patience. Mm. More patience. Sometimes I'm a bit fiery. Okay. Um, I, I can get frustrated. Mm. Uh, but yeah, as I'm getting older, I'm I'm sort of. I think life gets better as you get older. Really? Yeah. I think my life got better in my forties. Mm. Financially, got mm. better because when you speak, people listen. Because mm. the older you get the more wiser you become uh, and people think you actually know what you're talking about. Uh, Even though, you know, in the beginning we were all, we all sell, we're selling. That means you sell, get the ideas to close and deals. But as life goes on, you get more confident and yeah, I think, um, you got, you get, you remove yourself from a stage of trying to sell yourself on an idea and trying to oh, prove yourself. Yeah. Now you're at a stage where listen, I know. Yeah, I know. exactly. And then, so what part would you like to extend? What, what's something that you would, you would want to, uh, uh, you know, maybe do a little bit more, or I would probably like to do a little bit more for my family. Mm. You know, do you know? Because I, I spend an awful lot of time in the office mm. working on the business. Mm. Maybe spend a bit more time with the family, even though it's not a bad bad thing. You know, we, we everyone's got a very good relationship at home, mm. but um, maybe more family time. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Well, Nick, I appreciate, I really do appreciate you taking out the time to do this. Um, I, I just want to go and uh, kind of uh, acknowledge you. So uh, first off, you're a very, like I said, very open person. You know, I came in the office today, bright smiles and everything was fun. Um, secondly, I can tell you, you're very, you're definitely a go-getter. You know, you, you're tough now. You, like, you've been through your trials and tribulations, but they made you tough, you didn't quit. And I can see yeah, that one last thing about you that I know is that uh, well, those are the two things that I think very tough, tough as now, mm -hmm. but all very open. And um, so I acknowledge you for that. And um, one of my final questions I'd like to ask all of my guests, London in one word. The best city. That's best three words. London in one word. success.